Hey church, that's a good setup for next week. I'm excited as we start our new series called in, in the intentional year. Um, it's not about new year's resolutions. It's about doing some things intentionally in our lives. It's not about batting a thousand. None of us in here batted a thousand this last year. We all struck out. We all had some setbacks. Uh, I'm not even praying that you have the, the best year ever this next year. I'm not opposed to that. It's not that I'm against that you would have that. I just know that we live in a broken world and we live in and brokenness in our lives and things happen. And so I, my prayer for you is that you grow closer to Jesus than you ever have before. That you are uh, lay down, as we just sang, that you lay down more of your life to him this year than you ever have before. That at the end of this year, you'll look back and say, man, whatever the ups and the downs and everything in between, I'm closer to Jesus now than I was at this time last year. This morning, um, thank you, first of all, worship team this morning. Thank you for being here on this last day of the year. I can't quite say happy new year, but a happy new year early or happy last day of the year. Um, you know, you guys that are in the room and you guys watching online, you're the real Christians. I mean, you showed up on the last day of the year, December 31st. And uh, those of you that have family and have kids and we don't have children's today, you are, you are the real Christians today. You brought your kids to big church today, hang out with us. We're gonna have a little bit of fun today in the midst of it all. I think we're gonna learn some things. I just wanna tell you a little bit this morning that today is kind of like family. It's, it's kind of a family you ever had this kind of sit down family talks? Not the bad ones, the good ones. You know, you sit down, we got to, we're going to talk about this as a family. Today's family. Today's a family talk. Now, if you're here for the first time, I'm so excited whether you're watching online or whether you're in this room. I'm so excited that you're here today. Uh, but just know this, you're going to hear kind of insider language today. You're going to hear some of, uh, you're going to be able to look kind of underneath the hood, if you will. And so today's going to be a little bit different in the delivery of the message because I'm going to share some things that's kind of helping us um, refocus. Um, it's, good to, it's good to reflect and it's also good to refocus. And when I say reflect, I don't mean dwell. Don't dwell on your, the, the past. Don't dwell on the bad things this, of this last year. Don't dwell on the great things of this last year. Let's, let's reflect on those things, but then now let's, let's refocus and let's be intentional with our year and where we're going forward. And I, I do, my, my, my hope and intention in this message is to kind of help spur us towards growth this next year, to help us to go to new heights and new places, uh, to help us draw closer to Jesus. And so today uh, is today's family talk. Um, let me make sure I got this right. The family talk. Um, I'm going to share a couple things. Uh, first of all, to start with, two two weeks ago, I shared about the Bible recap. Um, who's excited that tomorrow's a fresh start and a new day? I, I get excited about a new a new year. I get excited about a new day. It just it's kind of like hitting the reset button. And it's actually what God has done for us. He hit the reset button, and every day God gives us a fresh start, a new beginning. If we'll just give it to him, give him our yesterday, repent if we need to repent, um, confess if we need to confess, but God gives us a fresh new start every day. And so I know I'm not really into new year's resolutions because those are the things that I always break and that I never finish. I mean, for years and years, it's like, I'm going to lose X amount of weight. I'm going to do this by, you know, January 31st. I, it, I've yet to do it. So there are intentional steps and some things that we just refocus a little bit, maybe just, you know, if you turn something one degree, it makes all the di difference. 
I mean, yes, if you change it, huge degrees. We were gone for three, three days this week. Somehow I turned the air conditioner on instead of the heater. The AC didn't come on, but when we got home, it was 50 degrees when we got home. It took a while to get the place heated up. I'm not talking about a major shift. I'm just talking about if you change one degree, you're gonna end up in a different direction if we'll just change one degree. So I mentioned a couple, uh, tomorrow's a great time to begin diving into God's word. And if there's one hope that I have for each of us this year is that we spend more time in God's word this year than we did last year. Not as a to-do list, not as a, a set of goals, but as a growing closer to God, to allow God to get a hold of our hearts. But here's the thing that I found. It's hard to just kind of do things unless we have a plan. And also it's hard to do things if we don't have other people doing it with us. Uh, Reagan, my oldest, uh, lives in Tampa or Clearwater, Florida, which is about 30 minutes from Tampa. On Tuesdays and Friday nights for the last several months, she's been going to a a runner's club in Tampa. And they run a 5K on Tuesday nights and Saturdays. And uh, it's it's over 100 runners, uh, people from all walks of life. Someone from her church invited her to this. And she really looks forward to it. Now, her and Riley ran a 5K yesterday around the neighborhood. And she came back and she was like, I really struggled today. It was, it was so hard. It was like, why was it so hard? Because all the people around us and and the excitement and having people kind of encourage one another, cheer each other on. There's something, there's power in people doing things together. And I want to encourage us to do something together. Um, and, And if it's not this plan for you, pick another plan, but pick a plan that will help you Uh, dive into God's word this year. And so uh, the Bible recap is just a tool. It's not the tool. It's a tool that's used if you're interested in reading through the Bible in a year. Starting tomorrow, January 1. If you go to your Bible app and you search plans and you look at the Bible recap, you'll, it'll set you up one day at a time that you can read about three chapters. But it's one thing just to read. But this another thing is we get discouraged because we don't always understand. And so there's about a six, seven minute uh, commentary from uh, Tara Lee Cobble that kind of gives a commentary of what you read that day and gives you a God shot. And when you understand something, things begin to make sense. And by the way, the way that she goes through the scriptures too is in chronological order, not in the way of, so you'll be skipping through some books because it's gonna go through how things happened, how history took place. There's a break in Genesis that goes to Job. Um, It's just a great way to read through the scriptures. And I wanna encourage you to do that. And also, again, while we're on the thing of goals, don't get to January 15th and go, I'm 10 days behind or I'm five days behind. I just throw in the towel. I'm not gonna do that. The goal is not to get through the Bible this year. The goal is to grow closer to Jesus this year. The grow, goal is to grow closer to him. So at the, at the expense of my family, and I apologize, they don't always love it when I share illustrations, but we are on different journeys and I didn't do this last year. And I've been kind of jealous of my family. I've been kind of listening to them do some of this. So Heather started this January 1 last year, just finished December 31st today. Um, Reagan started at the end of January last year and she's about day 278 right now. She didn't finish out, but she's not starting over tomorrow. She's gonna finish it out because the, the thing is not to, to, to complete it in a year and check the box. The goal is to grow closer to Jesus. Riley started on her birthday, July 18th, and she's starting on the New Testament tomorrow. So that's pretty exciting. You get to start in the New Testament instead of here in a month or so, you'll be in you know Levit- Leviticus and Numbers. But again, 
there's places to help us understand what we read and help things bring to life. So I just want to encourage you to do that. This is a means to an end. This is not the goal. The goal is, is to grow closer to Jesus. The goal is not to get through the Bible in a year. Pick another plan, do something else. But if you have a plan and you do it with people, you, you find someone else, uh, whether it's your spouse, whether it's a friend or a coworker, if you do something together, it just makes it more fun and it makes it more likely to happen. Um, last year I wrote in my journal on about uh, December 24th, I'm a terrible journaler. I've never liked writing. I've, I get excited to write a journal because I hear about someone else that, man, I just really grow closer to Jesus because I journal. And I journal for like four days and I'm like, I journal, you know, three months off and then I do another couple days. And then I, that's been my journaling life. I am not a journaler. So five years ago, uh, I was given a gift and it's called the five-year journal. And there's just three sentences, about four lines that you can write every day, kind of what happened in your day or just what you're thankful for or, or give praise to God or tell them your concerns. And so I just finished my fifth year and I wrote last year three words that I wanted to focus on in this year. And it doesn't mean I did this perfectly, so don't hold me accountable for this. But I wrote three words this last year. I wrote intentional, inspirational, and expectation. I wanted to be more inspired and I wanted to live more inspired. I wanted to raise my expectations uh, of myself as a dad, as a father, as a, as a leader, as a pastor. Um, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to be more inspirational and I, I, wanted to, I wanted to do that. This year, I have one word that we're gonna get to in a little bit and it's the message. And it's the, one, it's, the, it's the one word that I want not just myself, but I want us to focus on collectively together on this one word because it shares the story uh, uh, it shares our father's heart, our heavenly father's. If you want to know what the, our heavenly father's heart is, we're going to see it today. If you want to know what makes his, his pulse, what, what, what drives our God, what drives our heavenly father, today you're going to see the heartbeat of God in the familiar passage to many of us. But I don't want us to lose sight of this is the heartbeat of our Lord. And so today I've actually had some, some of our young people with us today, some of our kids, since we have kids church today, and I've asked a couple of volunteers, Aubrey Clark and Paige Thomas. I didn't bribe them. I just asked them. They're not getting anything special or any candy or anything like that. Um, uh, I just asked if they would come join me now. And they're going to read through Luke chapter 15 for us. And you can join us as well along with us. Aubrey's going to read the first two parables. And Paige is going to read the third one. We got some help from sister. And there is no way I could possibly read that. I don't know how you're doing that, but I don't care if I come back like this or if I go up like this. I cannot read that. So best of luck to you, okay? The parable of the lost. Oh, hang on here. Let me get you on here. Test. The parable of the lost sheep. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Of has a hundred sheep and does, loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine 
open country and goes after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and say, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. In the same way I tell you, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one of them. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and say, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is... Rejoicing in heaven, person of the angels, angels of God, over one sinner who repents. Can we thank Aubrey for that? Great job, Aubrey. I appreciate that. You want to read it off of there? Okay. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a... Severe famine. Oh, I lost my spot. A severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country, who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his mother saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened cow and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost in his found, so they began to celebrate. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Can we thank Paige and Aubrey? Great job, both of you. So uh, this is the Father's heart. There's three stories, one message. Three parables, one message. Jesus could have told just one parable, but he told three stories to drive home a point. When a pastor wants to get home a point, he might share a couple illustrations. He might repeat himself two or three times, but Jesus wanted to get this point across that this was the heartbeat of the Father that there was one message here, three things that were lost. There was three things. There was a pet, there was a possession, 
and there was a person. Three things, a pet, a possession, and a person. Three things that were of extreme value that mattered greatly to the owner. And I'm telling you, if, if it's you and you're the owner of something, it matters to you. Um, I can tell you that for the last six, seven months until about two weeks ago, our second key to our primary car was missing. It was lost. We looked, we searched up and down the house. I searched up and down here at work, could not find it. And the girls were home a few weeks ago and one of them found it um, here at the church. It was such a secret place that even I could not find it. And so I'm not gonna tell you where that place is because now I'm gonna remember that place forever and ever where that is. But sometimes I don't like keys in my, in my pockets when I'm here. And so I have a place, I hid it. And so six months, I'm without a key because I hid it so well, could not find it. Uh, uh, but I would like to say my family rejoiced, but they just get annoyed <laughs> because I lose my wallet. I lose my keys. I'm always going around. I'm the one going around the house, house saying, I can't find this. I can't find this. So one year they bought me these little things to put in my wallet and stuff that can track it with my phone, but you got to be able to find your phone to be able to find those things. And so anyway, there, there's that, there's, there's extreme value. Then there's, there's, then there was an all out search. Um, anybody, uh, kids in here have a pet, have a, a dog or a cat in here, raise your hand. Even big kids, you can raise your, your hands too. Got a dog or a pet or, you know, a lizard or a snake or a rabbit or something like that. We love our pets. They're, they are extension of our family. And when I was a little boy, I had a little dog named Dooley. He was a mutt. Don't know what kind of dog it was. It was kind of blonde. Um, don't, it wasn't the best behaved dog. Um, it liked to run, liked to, liked to bolt. You open up the door, it was bolting. So you didn't just open up the door. Um, we had a fence in the back, but it couldn't keep Dooley in, inside. My dad being a farm kid growing up, he even put an electric fence around that to try to keep the dog from going out. The dog still managed to go out. And Dooley, it was not, 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 not normal for Dooley to disappear three or four days at a time. And then all of a sudden, she'll back up on her doorstep. Um, Dooley, uh, there was once where Dooley was gone for two weeks. And uh, we started posting signs up everywhere, all over the neighborhood, at the grocery store. We put pictures of the dog, which is really sad to me that I couldn't show. I wanted to show a picture of my dog today to you, uh, Dooley, my childhood dog, because I know we're all proud of our animals. And I asked my mom for it. She couldn't find a picture. I said, what kind of a mother doesn't have a picture of a boy and his dog? Um, and she goes, your kind of mother doesn't have a picture of a boy and his dogs. We didn't take thousands of pictures like you kids do today and stuff. And so anyway, I did not have a picture to prove that I had a, a dog, but it disappeared. When, when, when all of a sudden we got a call uh, from someone that saw the flyer and they said, hey, we think we have your dog. And my mom told me, don't get your hopes up. It's probably not duly it not only has it been two weeks but we're talking about this is 15 minutes across town this is clear on the other side of town this probably isn't duly so i don't want to get your hopes up when we showed up on the other side of town at that screen door was my duly duly was there and i was so excited and i would say i celebrated i don't know if my mom did um all uh, then then there's an all-out celebration i also when that was a pet then the most important things is a person and when a person is lost, I can think of my nephew that was lost at SeaWorld for a few minutes. I can think of a story about Riley when she was little. I don't have time to share all the stories, but the, the one I think of the most of lost was my uncle. Uh, my dad has five other brothers and a sister. All of them are deceased except um, his, his younger brother of a year. 
um, lives in Western Nebraska. We didn't see Uncle Lee for 20 years. When he was 16 years old, he was disgruntled. Uh, He had to move back to Nebraska. My dad got to finish out his high school in Washington when my grandparents moved back to Nebraska. There's just some things that it caused him some angst and some hurt and some bitterness. And he disappeared for 20 years. But I will tell you, when my grandma, she couldn't put down the phone. It was one phone call after another telling that Lee had come home. And when she called my dad and everyone began to celebrate, and this is where I need you kids, I need your help today to celebrate. Show what this looks like. Someone needs to learn how to make those things. So they're supposed to work better. Did, did it work for any of my big kids out there? Did it work better for you? Did it work for you guys okay? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do that. We, there's an all-out celebration. And I'm, my point right now is we don't celebrate enough. When the lost is found, when someone of extreme value and of infinite worth and every human life is of infinite worth to our God, Every single person on this planet is of infinite value and worth and extreme value. And he wants to let us know that, hey, 99 wasn't good enough. I I still want the one. And and yeah, 50% isn't bad either. I still, I'm going to rejoice. But when my son who was lost comes home, we are going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the one. And this next year, the word for us this next year is one. One God, obviously. But I want us to know what that one, our one God's heartbeat and what his pulse is for. It's for the one. Jesus' heart, the Father's heart is for the one. He is seeking one more. And I love it that I love to preach to a full crowd. I love to preach to a full, but I'm telling you, Jesus isn't satisfied today. Our father's heart is not satisfied. He loves everybody in this room. He's excited about everybody in this room. But I'm telling you, he is also out there looking for the ones who have not found him, who are still searching, who are looking for Jesus. God is for the one. And and we want to celebrate that. And this next year, uh, when we have baptisms next week, whether there's one baptism or whether there's 50 baptisms, we're going to celebrate the one because the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that comes home and finds finds that they're found and found in Christ. So we're going to celebrate whether it's one, whether it's 100, whether it's 50. We're going to celebrate the one. Now, we want to celebrate. And we're going to do that this year. We're going to celebrate when the loss is found. But I also want us to know that there's part of the story I didn't have the girls read that I'm going to share now. This story takes a sad turn. It's a, and that is the clue for me, I guess. Um, this, is a, this is a sad turn of events that happens in the rest of the story. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, 
All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when, the, but when this, notice, notice, hear the heart of the brother. He didn't even call him my brother. He says, when this son of yours, you know, that's what we do that as parents, right? When our kids are, you know, do good things, it's like, hey, those are my kids there. And when they're not doing the right things, we're like, that's my mother's kids right there. So that's your, your mother's right there. When, when this son of yours, who has squandered your property and prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My, my son, the father said, you were always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. Kids, can, I, can we have a celebration? Can we do a little bit more? We had to celebrate. <laughs> and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You see, the older son had his father's name, but he didn't have his father's heart. We can call ourselves Christian and not really have Christ's heart and Christ's mind. The older son had his father's name, but he didn't have his father's heart. You know, when we found Dooley two weeks, uh, I'm not lying. I know my mom will be watching this and she would tell you and say that I, I told the truth up here today. I was so excited to see my dog. I was so excited, but I know now my mom wasn't. <laughs> she was just hoping that dog would never be found again. And, and that is no lie. And my mom is a good mom. She's a great mother in so many ways, but when it comes to animals, it's not one of us. Even when she, you know, sometimes comes in our house with our dog and two cats, she comes sometimes just doing this, you know, she's just, it's just the smells or whatever else. She was, and that dog was not a great dog. It bolted, it ran, it didn't behave. It, she told me it urinated on the vents. I mean, she said there was all sorts of problems with this dog, had issues. So I was excited. My mom was not excited for this dog to become. The older son had his father's name, but he didn't have his father's heart. And, and there's a few verses that really highlight the, the heartbeat of our God. For the, son of, for the son of man, Jesus said, came to seek and save the lost. If Jesus had a mission statement, this is it right here. And if he had a way to tell it and to tell the heart of that mission statement, he did it in Luke chapter 15 and talking about the three things that are lost, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. For the son of, my, for the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. And because of that, his first instruction when he recruited disciples to follow him, to spread this good news that a savior that we celebrated last week has come into the world to save us. The first thing he told them, he found some fishermen because he was gonna go fishing. And he said to them, follow me. Me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'll make you. Do we have any young people in here, or old, or whatever? You love to fish. You love to fish. I know one of our greeters isn't here today, Kyle. He loves to fish. He often fishes on Sunday mornings before he comes and greets. Thankfully for us, he showers before he comes and greets us. But follow me and I will make you fisher. He, he found some fishermen because he had a big job to do and he knew that we needed to lay out nets in order to reach people. And he wanted us to follow him and to follow, he says, follow me. To follow me, to follow Jesus is to help find and 
disciples, to find others, find those that don't know him. To, to follow him is to go fishing. In fact, sometimes I wonder this statement that was said by my, uh, my district superintendent would often say is, are we really following Jesus if we're not fishing for people? Are we really following Jesus? Do we really have the Father's heart? Do we really have God's heart if we are not fishing for people? James 1.22 says, do not merely list, uh, read the word and deceive yourself. Do what it said. Don't just listen to it, but do what it says. God has called his people. He's called us. He called his church not to just be happy that we found Jesus, that we have found new life, that we have found a new start, a fresh beginning. But his heart is that my, the job's not done. There's more that need to find him. There's more that need to know him. So we're going to celebrate the one this year, but we also have to go fishing and that's why our first pillar that pastor date talked about is to invite because we want to invite people into this community so they can experience the love of god they experience christ's love we want to share we want to go fishing our verse of the year this next year is found is going to be from this chapter luke 15 24 it'll be put up around the a sanctuary or different places in the building in a few weeks for the son of mine was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found so they begin to celebrate what they do kids awesome awesome great job for this son of mine was dead he was for others and it does he's for the one now the one's not in here but it's implied he's for that one that is lost he is searching he is seeking and when he finds it he celebrates so they begin to celebrate for the one for the one. That's our goal this next year. That's our mission as a church. It's been our mission. We're just going to focus on it more. We're going to refocus and we're going to, you're going to hear a lot. We're going to talk about the, we're going to talk about the one. And I know this is some insider language today, and I'm going to share some things in a few moments that is specifically for us in the church that are already in the sheep pen, that are already found to help share with others. And I'm going to share that in a few moments, but whether young or old, we are, there's, there's no retirement when it comes to the kingdom of God. The young, and there's no age limit. The youngest kid in here can share Jesus at school with others. The, the oldest follower in here can share Jesus with others, can share God's love with others, can share God's uh, mercy and grace and his kindness with others. We should be for the one. And I think one of the things that we need to probably, myself included, need to repent of sometimes is we need to repent that we've just become apathetic. We just... We don't think about it. It's not on our radar. We get busy. Life happens. It's natural for those things to happen. I think sometimes we just need to say, God, if I'm honest, I don't think about the one very often. I don't think about that one more that you died for and that you love. God, forgive me. Help me to get your heart. Begin to pray. In fact, here's three things we're going to do this year to focus on the one. The first is this, is we want to start the year off right. And, and the best thing that we can do is begin with prayer. Nothing great happens in our Christian life or in our body of Christ absent of prayer because unless the Lord builds the house those who labor labor in vain so we're going to start our year off in prayer and a big emphasis of that prayer is praying for the one praying for 
people in our life, in our families, our friends, our coworkers that don't know Jesus, praying for us if we don't have a one because we've been around so many great Christian people that we don't have any Christian friends anymore. So we need to say, God help me to find my one. I mean, what's a fisherman do? Where does he look for fish? Where does he find fish? He goes to the lake. He goes to the water. He doesn't stay at home on the dry land. He goes out to the water. He, he throws his nets in the lake. And sometimes we're not even near the lake. We're just with so many wonderful Christian, godly, good-looking people that I get to look at every Sunday. And you guys are awesome. But God wants us to look outside. He wants us to go fishing. He wants us to go to the lake. The lake is your schools. The lake is your work. The lake is your neighborhoods. The lake is your family. But God wants us to be more intentional. And I like what it said in that video. Not just invite them for coffee, but maybe invite them to church this year. Maybe that's something we could do for them. I want to encourage us together to start this year off. We talked about tithing in September and giving God your first in the 90 day challenge. And so many of you took on that, over 50 of you took on that 90 day challenge. I just wanna say, great job, praise the Lord. And I pray that you see God's faithfulness in your obedience. But the tithe is not just money. The tithe is everything. It's giving God the first of our day. It's giving God our family first. It's giving God our marriage. It's giving God our first. It's giving God uh, the first of our year together. And I'm gonna invite this church body that in January, we're gonna give January to God. We're gonna give January to Jesus. We can't do this. This is not sustainable all year. You can't keep this up all year long. But for a short season of time, for 21 days, that we would pray and fast together as a church. And I'm inviting you here at 6.30 on Monday through Friday nights to pray for one hour. We won't take more than that. We're gonna, and it's not, it's a time of praise and worship. It's a time of prayer. You won't be called to pray out loud or be embarrassed in that way. But it's a great time to pray for your family. It's a great time to pray for your friends. It's a great time to pray for your church. It's a great time to pray for the one. But let's give God the first. And I know you won't be able to make every single one of them. Some of you will be able to. Saturday mornings even at 9.30 and then Sundays we will meet here. This will be our, our service. But for 21 days, we're gonna give God our first. We're gonna give God our best. We're gonna give him the first of our year. We're gonna say, God, we need you. We need you. We wanna come and admit that we need you. We need your help. And we wanna pray for our church, our family, our friends, ourselves, Let's come together and let's pray for 21 days starting January 7th. We're gonna do that. Uh, here's the second thing. This is insider language that we won't be telling you on other weeks, um, but I'm taking the opportunity to do it today. Um, you are gonna, you've already started to see it, but you're gonna see this pretty much from now on. And that is the blue balloons and blue bags. Why did we choose blue balloons and blue bags? Because Zechariah 3.8 says, it doesn't say anything about blue balloons or blue bags. There's nothing scriptural about this. This is just a tool and a technique that we've been saying to people that are new to our church, hey, go to our welcome center, go to the front desk. And they're like, they have no idea what the front desk is, what the welcome center is. It's insider language. So we're just saying, hey, go to the blue balloons. Well, they're blue and white. We kind of messed that one up. But anyway, go to the balloons. Go to the balloons. Go to the blue balloons. Go to the white balloons. But go to the balloons. We want people that are new here to, to find connection, uh, to connect here. Because there's a great 
awesome group of friendly people. But here's the other reason we're doing that. When they go to the blue balloons, and if you're new here today, we want you to go to the blue balloons and we want you to receive a gift that has a Inspire mug in it, but it's gonna be in this blue bag. We're not just giving a mug anymore because we want you to see people when they have a blue, blue, it's hard to say, isn't it? When they see a blue bag. When you see people with a blue bag, don't overwhelm them. Don't go crazy on them. Don't, don't, just a few welcome words, just, but acknowledge them. Thank, you know, say, it's great to see you. You don't have to say, hey, I see you're new here. You got the blue bag. Don't do that. Don't do that. And if you're watching, I, I know there's gonna be people that are getting this going, oh, they have a secret agenda. We do. We, we, we wanna see you connect with Christ and his church. But don't go up and say, hey, I see you have a blue bag here today. You must be new and you're a fresh face. No, don't do that. But do do this. Go up to them and say, hi, my name is Kent. I don't think I've met before. They say their name. So good to have you here today. Hope you come back next week or see you next Sunday. Keep it short, keep it sweet, unless they drive the conversation. Then, then by all means, have that conversation. But don't overwhelm them. But I'd rather people leave and not come back because 15 people were friendly to them and overwhelmed them. Then they left, left here going, you know what? Not one person talked to me. And some of you are, I know right now, I'm talking to some of my friends. You're going, I, I just, I don't even, you're making me uncomfortable. I'd rather people not talk to me. I'd rather just come into the room, leave the room and no one say anything to me. That is some people, I get that. But we wanna err on the side of uh, allowing people to know. The other thing is, is uh, at the end of the service, there's gonna be a time when we pray and we pray a prayer. And uh, there's gonna be those that are called section hosts that they're kind of looking around. Whether I ask people to close their eyes or not, they're not. And they're looking around because they're gonna see. And so this happened on Christmas Eve and we pass out some Bibles Christmas Eve to those. Instead of asking them to come to us, we're trying to take a step out of the way for them to be intentional, not overwhelm them, just simply give them a new believer's Bible, which is meant to start at page one. Um, because there's some things that will reaffirm their faith and help them know where to go from here. But we want to put a tool in their hand, but we don't want to just, we want to take one step out of the way. And so if you, if you see that, you're going to know that that's what um, they're doing. Now you don't have to go up to them afterwards and say, congratulations, I heard you made it. Don't do that. Just let it simmer. Let it be like a crock pot, not a microwave, but know that we're trying to be intentional with putting tools in people's hands to help them begin that relationship with God and with Jesus. And then the last thing in celebrating the one, um, I have a goal for our church this year. I usually don't set big goals. I'm more on processes and where God leads us. But guys, I'm just setting out a, a goal for us this year that I believe that God wants us to reach one more and then one more and then one more. And one more find Jesus and one more find hope and one more find peace and one more find forgiveness. I believe that God wants that. I know it's God's will that that spread and people find the love, the peace and the joy of Christ in their life and the forgiveness that he offers. But in order to do that, we have to be intentional. We have to go fishing. We, 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 we're gonna be an inviting church. This is about setting some culture and expectation. And I wanna set a culture today in our church of two things, to celebrate and to have higher expectations to celebrate and to have higher expectations. We're not gonna bring the gazoos out, but in our hearts, kids, let's do this again. Why last time? We're not gonna do that out loud, but we are gonna do that in our hearts. And we're gonna do that with our hands. 
and we're going to celebrate what God's. We're not going to be weird or, 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 or dorky like that's kind of weird and dorky. This is insider. This is a family talk today. So if it's a little dorky, it's meant to be, okay? Um, we, we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate in our hearts. So when someone gets baptized, I know we can kind of get used to people getting baptized. It's their first time. They've given their life to Jesus. They've gone from death to life. Friends, we need to be up on our feet. We need to be celebrating. We need to be clapping, praising God for what God has done in that person's life. We want to celebrate. And this goal that I have for us this next year, it's a big goal because the most we've baptized in a year before since I've been here has been about 40 people. But I believe in setting God-sized goals that we can't accomplish on our own that have to be because of the grace of God and because of his people coming together and working together for that common goal. I believe God's placed on my heart and my mind 100 people this next year. And we're starting from the time of Inspire Church. So we have 10 that were baptized on our Inspire Sunday and our, on our first baptism. We're gonna have some more next week. And this isn't about the goal of 100. It's about changed lives. It's about celebrating people coming into the kingdom and finding Jesus. It's about seeing, being excited when you see someone raise their hand and not just going, that, that's someone's making a spiritual decision. And when they're making a decision, when they're, when they're raising their hand. So we're, we're gonna pray that we're gonna pray that God will help us to reach more people than we've ever reached before. And I believe it can happen. I just, Nate even kind of mentioned our Christmas Eve services. The last three Christmas Eves has grown over a hundred people in the, over the last three years. Each year, more people. Our January last year was bigger than other, any other January we've had in the eight and a half years, including pre-COVID since I've been here. God is doing some good things. God wants to reach people, but he's not satisfied. Go, okay, we're good now. We're, we're big enough or whatever. No, it's about reaching one more for Jesus. It's not about numbers and not, not about numerical. It's about having a goal for the purpose of reaching. A, a, a goal is, to, is, the, is the means will reach the end. Is that what I'm trying to say? I said it earlier. It's just a means to an end. The goal is we want people to find Jesus. We want them to experience Jesus. So I want to share one more thing before we go today. We're going to pray a prayer that we pray at the end. And today's a little bit like practice, but you could be praying it for the first time. But it's just a prayer, a declaration of faith. It's, it's, it's asking Christ to come into our heart, into our life, to be our Lord and Savior. It's a time of commitment. Here's what I need from you. And here's what I expect from us moving forward. I need us to be intentional with this prayer. Because I know that we can hear it week after week. And we can just say it and kind of go through the motions. But friends, someone could be saying that for the very first time. Someone's praying that for the first time. Only God knows what's going on in a person's heart. We don't always get to see that. Sometimes we never get to see it. Sometimes we get to see it later. But we just have to expect that when we get to that place in the service, that God is working in people's hearts and his lives. And here's some things that you can do. You can pray during that that time. As you're saying those words, as we're leading up to that prayer, you can be praying because I'm telling you, there's spiritual battle going on. I can tell you there's spiritual battle going on with me up here each and every week. When I get close, I love the beginning. I love the middle. The close is landing the plane is one of the hardest things for me to do because I realize it's kingdom business. And I realize there's a part of me that I don't want to mess this up, God. And the reality is I can't mess it up. 
Because God is the only one that saves people. I can't save anybody. God is the only one that changes hearts. I can't change anyone's hearts. But what God has called me to and what he's called us to do is to give people opportunities. To invite them and give them opportunities. To give them an invitation. To give them an opportunity to pray. It's our job to give the opportunity. We leave the results up to God. But what we can do is we can pray this prayer like it's the first time we've ever seen it. Like it's the first time we've ever prayed it. And we can pray it for the expectation that we're praying it for the one. We're praying it for that one that day that may be making a decision to follow Jesus. You can pray for me during that prayer that God will give me boldness to to, to land the plane in a way that helps people be drawn to him. I, I need your help. We're in this together. This isn't just, this is all of us together. And so when we get down to the end, and as we pray this prayer in a moment, as we pray this prayer in the future, this is the simplest way I can say it. Pray it like you mean it. Pray it like it matters. Pray it like your life depended on it. Years ago, when I first entered the ministry, I was in Council Bluffs, Iowa. I was an associate pastor, our youth pastor, Darren. Uh, awesome guy. Darren's just a big teddy bear. He's about 6'3", 300 pounds. He wouldn't hurt a flea. He wouldn't squash a bug. I mean, he was just a gentle giant. And he was brand new. He just was on for the first week. And my brother-in-law said, hey, Darren, um, I, I can't make a hospital visit today, but this is gonna be your first one. And I'm gonna give you the easiest visitations you could ever make. You're gonna go see Carrie Damon in the hospital. She's 90 years old. She's a saint of the church. There's not a sweeter lady, a greater prayer warrior in this church than Carrie. So just go up with her, tell her, I'm sorry, I couldn't see her. And would you just have a word of prayer with her? And he says, sure, absolutely. And so he goes to that hospital in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And uh, he came back with quite a story. For when Darren walked in, this 300 pound, 6'3", 300 pound guy walks in, big, strong teddy bear. And Carrie is uh, maybe 100 pounds sopping wet. You know, I mean, she is, she's just a little saintly lady. She's laying in the bed and Pastor Darren comes in, meeting her for the first time and says, hi, uh, Carrie, Pastor Sean uh, asked if I could, uh, I'd love the privilege of coming to, to pray with you. And she says, get over here. And so he, he walked over, he did what he was told. And she said, get on your knees. And he was like, okay. So he got on his knees and big old 300 pounds, 6'3", gets on his knees. And she said, now put your hand on my chest. So he put it up here, put his hand on her chest. And she says, now repeat after me. And he goes, okay. And she goes, Lord, take this pain. And he said, Lord, take this pain. She said, say it like you mean it. Lord, take this pain and give it to him. That is a true story. It really happened. She was all sorts of medicated. She had all sorts of drugs going on in her. My brother-in-law went and saw her the next day and said, Darren, I don't know what you're talking about. That's the sweetest, kindest lady that you'll ever meet. That was not my experience I had with her today. It was the drugs in her mind that had created this monster for that day. The point is, say it like you mean it. I'm not gonna yell at you each Sunday. I'm not gonna go crazy on you. But I'm praying that when we come to the place of decision for people, that we will enter into a battle together. This isn't a cruise ship. This is a battleship. And we are doing battle with an enemy out there of darkness 
who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, seeks to break people apart, break relationships apart. What sin brought into this world is it broke relationship. It broke perfect relationship. It broke a perfect relationship between God and man, and it broke perfect relationship between one another. And the devil loves it. He wreaks havoc on relationships because that's what he's here to do. He's here to kill, steal, and destroy. And what God is here to do is he's here to reconcile, restore, bring back what once was and make it what it was meant to be, to bring people back into the family. We're doing battle. And I'm just praying that this insider group, this family talk today, that this year as we have each and every service, it's awesome and we need to come and praise the Lord. We need to worship him. It's good for our hearts, our minds, our families. It's good to give honor to him and praise his name. But as we come to the end of the service, I need, a, I need a, an army of warriors and soldiers that are praying with me, praying with us that God would do his work in people's hearts and his lives. And then when we pray this prayer, I want us to pray this prayer like we mean it because someone's life may depend on it. Would you stand with me today? We're gonna get an opportunity to practice today, but this is more than a practice. You may be here today and the best thing you could do to start off this new year and give yourself a fresh start and a new beginning is to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ to make him your savior and Lord. To give him your first and let his love and his joy and his peace come into your life. We're gonna pray a prayer that we pray, but we're gonna pray it like it's our first time. We're gonna do this each week and we're gonna pray it like we mean it because someone's life and heart depends on it. Would you repeat after me? Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. That he gave his life to forgive my sins and was raised from the grave to give me life. I receive your grace by faith. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. Do it like that every week. God bless you.